I want to go right on the record right off the bat and say that I dislike the NFL overtime rules. Oh, hey, well, hello, and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have the conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and now that all of these ladies are back in the room, I can get the job titles correct. Here with me is the Director of Publications, my co-host on this podcast, my co-host in life, Major Jamie Satterley. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I will say it is frozen. We are living in the frozen tundra. I don't know what's going on. I feel like it may be colder here uh, in my basement than it is outside. I don't know what's going on. I was not made for this, but sur- I want, thrive all, and survive. Thriving, the, surviving. We're doing all, it. <laughs> all the people living north of us right now are just like giving listen, us the rolling listen, their eyes so hard. I know, I know, I know. But I was raised in Texas and so this girl, I don't know, even all these years later, my blood has not adjusted. And then five years in the, you know, subtropics, it felt like the subtropics didn't help. Speaking so, of the, speaking of northerners, everybody's favorite Rhode Islander and the media manager, cha-ching, finally got that right. The one who makes this whole thing run. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I am digging the cold weather. I feel alive <laughs> in the crisp air. Let's go. Let's roll. All I want to do, I, listen, listeners, you can't see me right now, but I am bundled up to the max. I have multiple blankets uh, on my like piled on me. Got this one here, an extra one ready to go. Should I need it? So I don't know, Elizabeth. I don't understand. I'm not going to lie. I am wearing my Ugg boots, so <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Well, today we're going to, uh, we're finally all back together. Yay. It's good to be back. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things in culture going on right now that impact millennials and Gen Z uh, and our, our ministry to them. So we're going to talk about a couple of things, a variety of things. Uh, we're going to talk about some international news going on with the Salvation Army. We're going to talk about the Grammys, the on again, off again, on again. Who knows? By the time this comes out, we'll like see. Like a bad boyfriend. On again, yeah. off again. We don't know. Uh, and then also, there's been we, a report just came out about a decline in college enrollment uh, from Gen Z. And so we're just going to kind of talk through these things and see, you know, how, how it affects us, how it affects those we minister to. So we had in Miami, we had a leadership summit after the National Advisory Board. So it was an unprecedented event because we had all of these international, national, and territorial leaders on the same place. You had the general, Commissioner Rosalie Petal. You had Commissioners Lyndon and Bronwyn Buckingham, the chief of the staff and international president of spiritual life development. And then you also had the zonal secretaries of the Americas, Commissioners Ed and Shelley Hill. And then we had, of course, the national commanders, the national chief secretary, national personnel secretary, and all four Territorial secretaries and territorial territorial women, commanders. That's what. Sorry, territorial <laughs> commanders and territorial women's uh, ministries, president of women's ministries, and all of the territorial chief secretaries. It was a lot of secretaries and presidents in the house <laughs> in Miami for the leadership summit. But they were all together in one place just to talk over uh, the future of the vision of the army in the United States. Um, all that to say, the general did get up and he gave some international statistics about what the army uh, is doing around the world. So we wanted to share Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, this was just kind of a report that he was giving to the National Advisory Board to talk, uh, just to let them know kind of like 
what what does the army look like beyond what they might see here in the United States? I think that's what we want to give you these stats for because it's easy for us to get myopic. Now that's a that's a fancy word of just saying singular focus. We only look at one thing, and sometimes we think the Salvation Army is an American thing. Oh, and guys, when we tell you these stats, you will definitely see that while the Salvation Army in the United States plays a part internationally, we are not the majority by far. So first thing, there are currently 17,000 Salvation Army officers around the world and 1.3 million soldiers, which I think makes us the largest standing army in the world. Yeah. Good thing we don't, you know, take up physical weapons and (laughs) stuff like that. (laughs) But yes, 1.3 million soldiers. And the general also shared with us that the Salvation Army actually grew in the in this COVID pandemic. We enrolled 47,000 new senior and junior soldiers in the last COVID year. And that's pretty incredible considering that there are still a lot of places, uh, not just here in America, but around the world who are having to meet virtually and, um, you know, whose um, worship services are looking a lot different than probably what they used to. And the general did share with us, this is a little bit, um, this is on a, on a sadder note, but let's talk about it here because we're talking about COVID and all this. He, the general did tell the National Advisory Board that the Salvation Army has lost 120 active officers to the coronavirus around the world. Um, and and we, we can't, we can't, we have no way of counting uh, how many soldiers, how many senior and let's, tragically junior soldiers we've lost around the world to the coronavirus because we just don't have the mechanism to count that. Right. Yeah. It's he, he paused a little bit on that, on that fact, just to say, you know, we've, we have felt that kind of trauma within our, within our own ranks of having lost those officers and those soldiers. Um, but even despite those, um, those losses, the Salvation Army persevered through COVID. Through uh, there were a lot of places around the world that reached out to the Army to say, "Hey, we need you. We need to use your facilities as COVID hospitals, or um, you know, we need your help feeding these people." And the Salvation Army was there to meet those needs all around the world, despite you know all of the the obstacles that we were facing right alongside the rest of humanity. One of the coolest stats that the general shared with us, especially in light of youth ministry, is that there are over 1 million children around the world who attend a school that is uh, a Salvation Army school. That is a school that's run by the Salvation Army. A million children around the world. We don't really do that in the States, but that's uh, that's more of a, uh, an international thing for us. And I think let's just – we got to remember that, that the Salvation Army is running schools around the world, literally uh, uh, teaching – uh, educating children for the future. Yep. And those schools were, uh, those were all things that were happening before the coronavirus, but are continuing to happen today. Um, even in here in America, there were some places during the coronavirus that opened up uh, learning pods and education pods so that while parents had to continue to go to work, but the kids were going to school virtually, they could come to the Salvation Army building and have a safe space to do their virtual education. So while we weren't, while we don't run official schools here in America, there were places who were running those pods to kind of act as a service, you know, to parents who had no other place to send their kids. 
Yeah. So here's where this is this is what we really want to share with you here now, these next things. So the Salvation Army at IHQ divides up the world into five zones. Okay, there are five zones. We told you we were give you a little teaser that they were going to talk about zonal secretaries, right? So there are five zones. There uh there is the Africa zone, the Americas zone, the Europe zone, the South Asia zone, and the South they call it SPIA, South Pacific slash East Asia zone. So the general gave us the statistics of like, if, if, if the Salvation Army is 100%, right? There's 100% of the pie. How much is divided up by each zone? Here's the, the most telling thing, all right? The Salvation Army in Africa, in the Africa zone of all of our membership is 47% of the Salvation Army. Now, of those 1.3 million soldiers, and officers, nearly half of them live on the continent of Africa alone. Guys, that sh- should blow your mind. 47%. It's easy for us to think. I know we're going to go back and forth on this, and I know, Major Jamie, you're ready. So, um, But like, it's easy for us to think, oh, the Salvation Army is just what I see in my local neighborhood. Folks, If what does the Army look like? The Almost the majority of the Army is on Africa alone. Yeah, it's incredible. And and the army is just flourishing there. It's thriving. Um, you know, we see uh, a lot of the increases that are happening in the army world are happening in places like Africa. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this more. You'll see it as the numbers as we continue down through the statistics. Um, but the, the, the places that are seeing declines are actually in first world countries. First world countries are seeing a decline uh, of about 3%. Uh, but that's not the case in places like Africa and India, which we'll talk about in a minute, and um, and Spia. That's where the, but the the army is thriving in those places. Interestingly, where Christianity is not uh, like in places like in India, where Christianity is not the most common religion. Right. Right. The army is thriving, uh, and people are just coming to hear the good news of Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's fascinating to me. It's exciting to me. I think that that so many of our soldiers uh, are coming uh, from those places, and and that fifty percent of them are are in Africa is an incredible. That's an incredible number. Well, Major Jamie mentioned it. The number two zone is South Asia. So that's going to take up India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, all those neighboring countries and territories around there, and they make up thirty percent. Of the Salvation Army. So 47 plus 30, we know that the vast majority of the Salvation Army around the world, again, is not an American thing. It's an African and Indian, Pakistan, uh, those territories thing. So 30% of the Salvation Army is in South South Asia, which is which is India. I mean, you look if just if you ever have a yearbook, the Salvation Army puts out a yearbook every year. Um, take a look at what the Salvation Army is doing in India. Phenomenal stuff. All right, so go ahead. Yeah, India. I was just going to say, India has three times the number of soldiers that the, that the United States has. Yeah. So Maybe. I mean, it's a, a substantial part of the army world. Then in third and fourth, and this isn't place. Like I shouldn't. I'm not going to say third and fourth place because it's not. It's just what the what it is, right? It, the percentage. We're, we're all in this. We're we're all one army. We're all one army. We say it. Let's let's get the Americas, which is everything from Canada down to Argentina, down to Tierra del Fuego, down there where Chile and Argentina meet. That North and South, North, Central, South, and the Caribbean are all into the America zone. And we only make up 
10% of the Salvation Army uh, internationally in that zone. Yep, and that in that ten percent, the United the number for the United States is one hundred and twenty thousand. There are one hundred and twenty thousand soldiers and officers across the United States. And then that same ten percent goes to the South Pacific and East Asia zone, which is uh, your uh, uh, Singapore, like Australia, Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, uh, Japan, all of those. But that makes another ten percent. So those of you who are doing your math at home know that there's only 3% left and 3% of the army world resides in Europe. So Europe where the Salvation Army was founded, um, you know, sent out missionaries and now it just accounts for 3% of, of the, of the uh, army world. Yeah, interestingly, so there's a list of countries uh, which are our most dangerous for Christians, and this is, was an emphasis that the general said. This is something that challenges him and concerns him, and that we need to be praying for across the world. In that list of of countries where it's most dangerous for Christians to live, uh, in the top ten countries, the Salvation Army is in eight of those countries. Uh, so we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters who live in those places, um, who minister every day in those places, um, and you know that that God would protect them. Uh, but also that the gospel would spread. And we wanted to share this with you because I think in our Western culture, in our American culture, and sometimes it's very easy for all of us to become, here's that word again, myopic, almost tunnel vision, where we just think the army is what we see it is every day. And if whether you're serving the Lord in Colorado or New Jersey or Alabama, sometimes it's easy for us to think that the Salvation Army is what I see it is right here in front of us. And these statistics blow that out of the water. We're, we're only 10% of the army, and that's, the, that's North, South, Central, and the Caribbean. So the army around the world, mission is still happening. Mission is still happening. People are still coming to know. It's easy sometimes for us to get almost a little bit in despair about the future of the Salvation Army. Mission is still happening, folks. Mission is still happening around the world. So don't Yeah, I think it's about good it. to recognize, too. We know here in the United States, we raise money for what we call world services, which is money um, that we fundraise for. And then we send um, to IHQ and they disperse it around the world to help support those countries. Um, so I think it's important for us to to hear these kind of numbers and to hear these stories about, you know, what's going on. So, you know, it doesn't just become like, okay, well, I donated to this, but I don't really understand what it's going for. I don't really know, but it's going to support the work so that the army can run those schools for a million children. And then so we we can have ministry in those eight countries where it's so dangerous to be, you know, a Christian. The the money that you raise for world services goes to make those things possible, make it possible for us to have an army in Africa where fifty percent of our just about fifty percent of our people are. It helps them it helps that ministry to uh, be able to exist. You you heard Major Jamie earlier say that the church, not just the Salvation Army, but the church in Western countries seems to be on the decline. The numbers would show us that that way. But it, it, even in the decline, even in the despair of that, there is still uh, the hope that we have in Jesus that revival and renewal can sweep through. These are not bad. To me, I, I this private opinion here. I don't see these things as a negative when, when things are declining. Sure, they're sad and sure, but still that just means there's more of an opportunity for us to be able to live different from the culture, to say there is a way to live in Jesus that is different than the way that the, 
the culture does and and to point people to him. It's just more of an opportunity. Let's look at it as like that. So again, 47% in Africa and 30% in India, the two biggest zones. Like folks, mission is still happening around the world and uh, let's be in prayer for them. And again, the, they call upon us all the time to help us financially support the army. And 60% of international financial support comes from this country alone. All right. Let us, let us keep doing that. I know it's easy sometimes for us to be like, you know, but I need that money here. But look at what, what, look at the good that's being done around the world because of faithful, cheerful giving. Maybe not cheerful sometimes, but <laughs> let, let it let it be cheerful giving. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Major Jamie, you want to uh, talk over our next story here? Yeah. So the, uh, it's on again, off again, on again. Who knows what it'll be by the time this episode goes on the air. <laughs> and that's the Grammy Awards. Interestingly, we're seeing a, a shift across the board, not just with the Grammys, but with other award ceremonies, too, that are are you know, uh, I believe it's the Golden Globes that has always kind of been real big, but now is kind of been relegated to an online. It was it was not televised and it even wasn't live streamed this year because yeah, so- they're, they're saying it's because they wanted to have like a boycott for diversity. But I also think a lot of it is people just weren't watching. Yeah, well, I th- I think it's I think those things go hand in hand, you know, because of these things, people just got jaded and frustrated. And so they've stopped watching. And so this this huge award show has just kind of disappeared. Uh, and it looked for a time that that was going to happen with the Grammys. They came out with an announcement in early January that said they were postponing, but there was no release date. Well, they just came out with a date and said, oh, we've gotten so many messages that people are sad. So maybe we'll do it. <laughs> In April, but who knows? Who knows if it'll happen? Um, it looks like they've they're moving to Las Vegas uh, to have the show there. But uh, th- so anyway, this is a, all these things are kind of an important cultural shift because they tell us things about Gen Z. Um, there was always kind of this like running joke that millennials were the ones who wanted to give everybody participation trophies. Right. And so like, ah, oh, trophies for everybody. Then um, now Gen Z is like, we don't care about trophies. <laughs> trophies yeah. for no one. We yeah. don't care. <laughs> I mean, like as Major Jamie was saying, there is seen a drop in viewership of pretty much all award shows, not just the Grammys. We're talking everything. Oh, Golden Globes, Oscars. I think the Oscars is probably the only one I watch. And I'll watch maybe 15 minutes before I'm like, oh, that's this is, think tedious. It, do you think that this is a is is it just because these things are maybe getting boring? What do you think? Is this a is this a trend? Why why do you think uh, Elizabeth and Major Jamie? Why do you think millennials and Gen Z just really kind of couldn't care less about award shows? Uh, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, I think there's a lack of transparency in how um, nominations happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, and how um, the the voters you know, decide on who's going to be nominated for the awards, who's going to get the awards. That's part of the controversy with the Grammys is that, um, you know, there's for years, there's been kind of a, uh, this thing going around where like you can kind of buy your way in, or it's all about who, you know, like if you, if you know enough of the the voters in the room, you're more likely to get nominated because, you know, they, they're your friends or, you know, there may be some kind of wheel greasing going on. So there's also the Grammys come with a lot of controversy um, regarding um, racial bias. Uh, you know, there's some stats out there that that say in the 
history of the Grammys, or I should say, I guess since the the late 1950s, only 10 artists of color have won um, album of the year, album of the year, which is insane. Uh, Also, I want to say that, um, Matt, you may have this statistic too, and make sure I don't quote it wrong, but only 27% um, of awards have gone to people of color, despite the fact that on the Billboard Top 100 charts, uh, 38% of those people on those charts are people of color. So the statistics don't just line up. I mean, they don't. uh, So there's some you know, some things going on in there. So people are, are frustrated with that. And there have been boycotts about that. Um, I know there was a big controversy. Was it two years ago, Matt, with the weekend, maybe it was last year where the weekend, his song blinding lights had spent so much time at the top of the charts. Uh, and then when the, um, time for the nominations came around, he wasn't there at all, despite having, you know, this top album, top selling album, top played album. Um, he wasn't nominated at all. There was um, some like underground rumblings that that was because he was booked to play the Grammys, but then he also booked to play the Super Bowl, which was played, which came before the Grammys. So the Grammys were mad because he was performing, you know, he was sharing content or whatever. They weren't exclusive content. Of course, they came out and said, no, that doesn't have anything to do with it. But so there's just all these controversies that are surrounding and I think people, I think Gen Z and even millennials now to a certain degree are are getting to the point where they, um, you know, kind of vote with their feet, right? They say, like, if this is what you're going to be, we're not going to support you. Um, and so we're starting to see that in places like the Golden Globes and the Grammys. I think there are a couple of different factors. I think that's a big one. Um, but like, also, I just, I just don't know that Gen Z cares about awards in the same way. Yeah, it's just not as as a big deal. And two, it is tedious to watch a four hour. They're so long. They're they so long. are. And then a lot of times, like the acceptance speeches are just you know it's just kind of the same. You feel uh, bad, uh, right? Because these people they got this big award. They should get to to thank the people who helped supported them there. But it's just not great entertainment, right? It's, it's just yeah, not great entertainment. I think there's a I, I agree with you. There's a lot of multiple reasons for this. I think you're right. One of them is the acceptance speeches where people use that as an opportunity to air their grievance on whatever political belief that they want to say. And people are like, oh, boy, here it comes. But also, I think you said it. I think one of the key things is uh, Gen Z, especially uh, one of the key values for them is authenticity. Right. Being real. And I don't think you see anything real at the Oscars, at the Grammys, at the Golden Globes, at any of these award shows. It is all a front. It is all a flex. It is all oh, to me. Um, again, I, I don't watch on well, not at a principle, but mostly because I'm not going to give you four hours of my life for this. This is just I'll, I'll turn it on first 15 minutes. Somebody usually like intro and out. But I think you, what I see is people trying to be almost can I be more outrageous than the person you know, it's almost a battle of who can be the most outrageous and 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 self-promoting from from last year or who can be so crazy that, you know, they're going to get all the tweets and stuff. Talk about them next week. And I think people just get sick of that. Well, I think, too. So there's two other things that I wonder might play into it. One, again, is the length of time. We're talking about a people now who thrive on TikToks that are 30 seconds long, True. maybe three minutes. True. Maybe we may not even be sticking around to watch that entire three minutes. And you want us to watch a four hour 
award show. Like nobody's attention span, (laughs) right? Nobody's attention span holds that anymore. It just doesn't, right? And that's not a slam on Gen Z. That's I'm not a Gen Zer, and even I've noticed like just with the way culture conditions you, it's hard to focus on things for that amount of time. I think if if these are going to continue, they're going to have to find a way to make it more TikTok esque. Right to to hold their attention span. I love that. The second that. thing is, uh, we know that uh, Gen Z. Sorry, Matt. You were I was just gonna say that was gonna be a hilarious to see the Grammys done TikTok style. You th- like we have thirty minutes. We're gonna run through ten things. Each buddy gets three minutes. Boom! You boom, just boom, stand boom, up boom. and wave. You're like, yeah. Hey, do a little dance. Sit down. And you're people, out. People watch that. <laughs> I love it. the uh, I, the second going, thing is, I think. So we know Gen Z loves content by Gen Z, right? That's why TikTok is so popular because anybody can be viral on TikTok. You don't have to be famous. Uh, it can just this girl, I follow this girl. All she does is go test drinks at Starbucks and now she's all famous. Uh, so um, I think, I think, I wonder if some of it too may just feel kind of self-congratulatory. Oh, that's a great word. C- celebrities honoring celebrities. It has nothing to do with the average person. These are people who are just kind of out there. And I think Gen Z is just like, well, I mean, obviously they still love it. They're c- still consuming these people's content, but I just don't know that they care enough to, to devote that much time to watching an award show. Authenticity. Right. And so I think some of it too is just, you know, I, I want to relate to people who I can relate to, not people who, you know, just kind of exist in this other sphere. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, these are just, just me kind of guessing at what might be some of the causes of it. Um, but I, I definitely think that culture is shifting in a way that if, if the people who put these things on want to stay relevant, they're going to have to make massive changes to the way uh, that they carry them out. For all of our people who are listening, who are in youth ministry or who care for kids, authenticity is such a key word here at us and here from this is that we have to be real in uh, preaching Jesus to the next generation. They value authenticity more than anything. They don't want just, you know, a nice holiness meeting program. Uh, and a, those are great things and a great worship set or whatever, and a great youth councils or camp or anything like that. All that stuff is good and important. What they want to see, though, is the reality of that. Sometimes following Jesus is hard, and we got to be willing to talk about. Sometimes this is tough, you know. Right, and, and why does it? Why does this matter to me in my everyday life? I think they'll hold on. They'll keep their attention span for those kind of things. If you can tell me how this matters, then they'll hold on for that. But they're not just going to stick around for entertainment. That's just not yeah. the thing. Yeah. When a celebrity says, oh, I'm just like you. Uh, no, you're not, bro. You vacation in Bora Bora uh, and, you know, and you drive. Play- I, mean, you, I don't know if you've ever done a nine to five, right? And had to <laughs> remote work because of the coronavirus and make sure your kids get to daycare. Uh, I don't think that we're quite we're quite the same. And I think that comes across. I think you said that right, Major Jamie, like a little bit of self-promotion and self-congratulatory. Look how awesome we are. Ooh, dangerous game. All right. Anything else to add, Elizabeth? My favorite award show was the Teen Choice Awards. Um, I thought the other ones were boring. So yeah, heard the, it Teen here. Choice, the Teen Choice Awards, the one where they slime people, right? Yeah, Nickelodeon. Well, no, right? The that was the Kids Award. Choice Awards. Kids Choice. The Teen yeah. Choice Awards was the surfboards. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Like everybody has one now. If you're in country music, I've lost count. There's like 500. Oh yeah, there are a lot of awards. Award but um, the one I think that the CMAs, I, that I watch, that I do watch again about 15 minutes of, and then I turn it because I almost feel 
like I need to take a shower is the VMAs because those I watch because like somebody's going to do something that's going to be all over social media and, and just for it kind of helps min- us stay on top of the youth culture. relevance of youth ministry. I mean, geez, Louise. So, all right. Listen, um, I would watch the Oscars start to finish if they would slime people that went over there a lot of time for, or if the, like the trap door falls down and they go through, like, you never know. You don't know what's going to happen to you. If I go over my allotted time, I don't know what's going to happen. I would watch that. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. All right. Well, let's do this really quick. Um, Since we talked about the Grammys, I'm going to give you uh, the five uh, songs, five, the top five songs that are currently on the radio, on Spotify, on all this stuff, right? These people are going to argue with me. This is as of today. All right. So maybe I'll give you, I'll I'll do this. I will give you the um, um, musician and can you give me the name of the song? You think you could do that? Oh, Matt, this is terrible. I just listened to my own playlist i don't listen to the radio (laughs) hence hence why the grammys are down (laughs) okay here we go number one the number one song right now as of january 23rd fourth as we do this is adele what is adele's song easy on me easy on me right very good that's a good song all these songs by the way i only know because of tiktok (laughs) (laughs) all right number two is been on there for a while 14 weeks i think has been on the charts it's the kid i'm gonna say this Leroy and Justin Bieber. Does anybody know the name oh, of that song? Oh, what's the name of that song? I recognize it if it comes up on the TikToks. Yes, go ahead, Elizabeth. It's Stay. It is Stay. Very good. If you're going to listen to that one, heads up when it has a couple of F-bombs in there. So if you're listening to be relevant in youth ministry, I wouldn't keep that. I would have kids in the van when you listen to that one. All right, this one, I had no idea existed except for TikTok. This is called, this, the music group is Glass Animals. Do you know oh. the name of the song? <laughs> Elizabeth is Wait, killing the heat heat waves. <laughs> I only know it from TikTok. If guys, if you don't know any of these songs, just you've go heard hang out it, on TikTok for a few heard, minutes. You've heard them on TikTok, I guarantee it. So here's I, the problem with this though, is I recognize it when it comes across, but I don't ever pay attention to the little scrolly thing at the bottom <laughs> that tells you what it is. Also, you know what the wild thing is about TikTok? These people bring in back songs that have been off the play or off the air for like 40 years. You know what song is all over TikTok right now? Love. Go, grows where my rosemary goes. That song's like from the 60s, <laughs> 70s. My parents used to listen to that when I was a little kid. I could sing along with it. So when it came up on TikTok, I was like, what is happening? What right. are the children's doing? I don't speaking, know. <laughs> speaking of children's, number four is from the movie Encanto. Does anybody know? Uh, uh, no, but nobody talked to Bruno or whatever his name is. <laughs> we don't talk we about don't Bruno. Talk to Bruno. No, nobody <laughs> talked to Bruno. Nobody talked to Bruno. <laughs> I, I have not seen Encanto yet, I admit. Uh, and youth ministry. I admit, I have not seen this movie yet, so I need to understand it. But I listen, it's everybody very good. on social media is talking about Bruno. They don't want people to talk about Bruno. They are failed at their mission because everybody's talking about Bruno. And Lynn Manuel is Lynn Miranda. Lynn Manuel Miranda. I said Lynn Man. <laughs> he's cool. We're cool. He says I could call him Lynn Man. So Lynn Man and I, uh, he's just on his way to the bank, cash another check today. Last one. <laughs> Ed Sheeran in number five. Ed Sheeran. It's what you're doing right now, Major Jamie, when you're right. cold. Uh, Go ahead, oh, Elizabeth. shivering. Shivers. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Shivers. Shiver. <laughs> I, like, I like Ed Sheeran just because he's just like a guy who's like, I just woke up, I got out of bed, and I just want to play my guitar. <laughs> I didn't comb my hair. Listen, for a good Instagram follow, Elizabeth, do you follow? So it's not, not Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's bodyguard. <laughs> Have you, so, I do not. Yes. Is it really Ed Sheeran's bodyguard? 
Well, he says he's Ed Sheeran's bodyguard, but he calls him Bay. So he's like, watching out, make sure nobody shoots Bay or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes me laugh. I all think right, his name right. is Kevin. I don't know. I can't tell you his handle off the top of my head, but uh, it's hilarious. All right. We've talked International Army. We've talked Grammy. So let's finish this up by wrapping up. by talking about some news stories that came out recently in that. All right. Here's the crazy thing. In... uh. We are seeing the biggest decline in college enrollment numbers in the last 50 years. So here's the statistic statistics for you really quick. I should have gone to college because I can't pronounce statistics. All right. There has been we have half a million less students in college in the fall of 2021 which comes up to nearly since the start of 2020, we have nearly 1 million less people in college, uh, in a four-year college than before. In the pandemic, we have seen a huge decline of college enrollment numbers. That affects community college as well, which is down nearly 13%. So uh, let's just talk about this for a moment because remember, this is like the traditional thing, right? You you graduate high school and then you go to college. And at college, you find yourself, you find your spouse probably you know you 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 this is the step you take before you get your house your 2.5 kids and the dog but now because of the pandemic or and this is going to be my question is it because of the pandemic or is this the sign of something big um what do you think about the decline elizabeth and major jamie and our listeners out there of college enrollment numbers well i think there's a couple of things that could be attributed to do we know i know even the community college numbers are dropping right 13 percent. so do we know if the enrollment in trade schools has increased i don't know let me while we're talking i'll google it but i've heard people say that our trade schools like welder school plumbing electrician school are those things seeing an increase you talk major jamie i'm gonna google it while we're talking yeah so uh, i think there's a couple of of reasons why this could be happening. Uh, one, the job market is super hot right now. You can, you know, some of these entry level jobs because of the pushback, uh, from, from the working people, um, those entry level jobs, the starting rates are increasing, which is excellent, right? There's been such a pushback because of this disparity between the cost of living and the, um, you know, the pay you can't, you can't make a living on, a job at, you know, McDonald's or whatever. Uh, and even some people can't make a living on, depending on where you live, even on these things that college educated positions will get you. The cost of living has just skyrocketed, um, housing market, all of these kind of things. Um, and so I think that we're seeing a cultural shift that we're going to, it's going to be, I think it's going to be substantial for quite a while now. Um, but I think that is part of the thing, part of the thing. I think I wonder sometimes if Gen Z is looking at millennials and seeing the outrageous burden of student, student loans. loans and are saying, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting caught up in this craziness. And this, listen, this is some shady business. You see this stuff on Facebook all the time where people are like, well, you took out a loan, just pay it back. Okay. Go read some articles on how the college loan system really works. We're talking about people who have been paying for decades now and will never be able to pay off their college loans because, you know, some crazy interest uh, rates. Yeah, interest rates and crazy, you know, laws were put into place and all these things that are designed for you to never be able to pay off these loans, right? You may have started with a 
$40,000 loan, but by the end of the day, it's like $150,000 because of, you know, there's these policies that are enacted uh, and, and have like really chained a generation. And so I think some of that, that Gen Z is saying, and like, I'm not risking, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting caught up in that kind of cycle um, that millennials are just stuck in really at, in some degree to what is not their fault, right? These policies have been put in place or rules changed or promises that were made were, you know, taken back or whatever. So I think that um, has uh, probably a very large part to do with with why Gen Z is not going to college. Also, you know, like that's what they told us, right? You go to college, you'll get a great job. But that's not that's not necessarily that's not true. Really necessarily true anymore. What a bachelor degree used to, now they're saying, well, a bachelor everybody has a bachelor's degree, so you got to get a master's or you got to get a PhD or whatever. And and some of these things are just not attainable for everyone. Not to mention, I think there's a distrust in the system where, where young people are looking at it and saying, like, look, this is what you said, but now that's not even true. Authenticity. <laughs> yeah, right. Authenticity. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, The trade school numbers have remained the same, a slight decline, but have for the most part have stayed the same throughout the span of the pandemic. I think you're right. I think the job market right now, everybody in every restaurant and everything, every place I go, I see a sign outside right now that says now hiring. And people, I think there's a lot of good reasons for this. I think uh, people, I think you're exactly right that the student loan is such a a burden on people's souls that people are like, I don't want to get into that. And then I also think um, that the rise of influencer culture where people say, man, my, like I see these influencers on social media who are just getting all this, they're in Bora Bora for free because they just said, Hey, can I stay at this hotel? And I'll put, and so they're like, well, I want that. Right. I mean, I just heard the story last night of a man who was a high school, just a high school graduate. He said, I just got out of high school. I didn't feel like college. I wanted to start a construction business. And now I make 17 million a year in construction. And he didn't even go to college. I mean, so you hear these stories over and over again. So my question to you is is entrepreneurial spirit. I think that's one. I think sometimes young people too look at like things like Bitcoin and all this stuff. And they're like, well, I'll just make it big doing this kind of thing. So here. It's just a cool. It's just an interesting culture shift. Yeah. I don't think we're going to know really how this is going to settle for quite some time. So, are you saying, Major Jamie and Elizabeth, do you think this is this pandemic related, or is this a long? Is this a trend now? Is this going to be a long term trend? We're going to see. I we know we know that, that the, we know that nobody knows. This is just your best guess. This is yeah. I think the pandemic certainly had something to do with it. Kids had to come home. They weren't able to stay at school. Some of them transferred so that they could still live at home. Um, or are doing remote work or whatever. Um, and so I think that that probably has a part to play or maybe triggered it. Um, but I I don't think that, well, are, is the pandemic ever going to end? We don't know. Fair. At this point, Fair it question. seems like it's never going to end. So I don't, even if it does, will this trend stop? I don't think so. I think that the world, the world has shifted in ways that we'll still be, we'll, we won't see the end result for decades, I don't think. So the traditional roles, the, the stuff that we usually see in youth ministry, the traditional roles are changing where it's graduate high school, go to college, get married, 2.5 kids. We're, you know, America, we haven't even talked about this yet, but the birth rate is down in the United States of America. People are having less and less kids. You, Guys, you can't afford them. I think that's a big part of it is people are saying, I can't afford to have kids. Traditional roles are changing. And in youth ministry, we got to be fluid. We got to be willing and flexible to be able to, to handle this stuff. And just say when a kid, remember, like when I was growing up, if a 
kid said, I don't want to go to college, people would be like, well, what's wrong with you? Now, that's vastly becoming the, the main thing. So authenticity is one-on-one, one-on-one relationship, right? That's what it comes down right. to. Talk ha- through these relationship. things with your kids. Ask them what they think. Do they want to go to college? If they don't want to go to college, what's their plan? That's part of the thing is they're going to need help navigating kind of uh, what adulting looks like. Uh, also, who knows what adulting looks like? Nobody does anymore. The whole world's I mean, changed. <laughs> adulting will look weird. It looked different in 2023. Right. But again, the like Matt said, the the whole point is real relationships, right? Talk, Just talk to your young people and ask them, what are their thoughts? Do they want to go to college? Do they not want to go to college? If they don't, what are their plans? You know, what are they, uh, what are they going to do? What are they, what are they thinking? Um, just being there to help be a person who can listen, um, who can, you know, just kind of talk through some of these things with them. That's what the, again, that's what they want is real people who are authentic in their care. So it's not just authentic in the way that we live out our lives, but it's authenticity in the fact that we care about them, not, not because we feel like we have to, or not because it's our job, but because we genuinely care about them as people, right? And they just want people to walk around, walk alongside them as they navigate life. None of us know what we're doing, but you can be real about that. The world is crazy, but let's talk about what you're, what you want, what your goals are and how you plan to get there. And just to bring this conversation full circle as we bring it to a close, the places in the world where college numbers are increasing the fastest, India, China, Russia, Korea, all of these countries that we just talked about at the beginning are having vast four-year college enrollment uh, around the world. So, all right, Major Jamie, thanks guys for sticking with us for these three questions. Again, it's just things we discuss and how they affect you, the youth ministry. That's what's going on in the world. Let's, let's be in the middle of it. Major Jamie, you want to ask us our last question? Yes. So at the end of every episode, we ask this question, what is giving you joy? What's giving you joy? Elizabeth, what's giving you joy this week? My first K-drama that I watched in my all-time favorite K-drama has just been dubbed in English. So if you don't want to read the subtitles, I understand you. If you're just like my mom, enjoy it with the English <laughs> dub. It is so rad. I think the guy, the, the, the Korean director of Parasite, you remember that movie Parasite? I've never seen it, but he said when he got, look, I'm going to go back to the, when he won his award at the Oscars or whatever, he said, there Americans, there is an entire world of stories out there. If you could get over the one inch wall, which is the one inch wall is the fact that we have to read everything in subtitles. We, we hate doing that at movie theaters. So I love it, Elizabeth. So hometown cha-cha-cha, check it out. It's amazing. (laughs) There's that hashtag hometown cha-cha-cha throwback. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Matt, what's bringing you joy? We have just witnessed probably one of the most incredible NFL playoff weekends ever. It was good football. Four games, all decided by less than three. Yeah. I think all of them were decided by, most of them were a field goal, but Man, that that Bills Chiefs game last night, and that's why wild. at the beginning I said I'm just going to put it out there. People can people can at me if you want to if you want to hit me up. Uh, my last name is Williams Matthew <laughs> at Williams. At, uh, <laughs> is uh, I just don't, I don't like the NFL overtime rules. I think they're no, bananas. they're terrible. I I vastly prefer. People can argue with me. I vastly prefer college. Uh, overtime rules than anything else. Uh, to me, it comes down to a flip of a coin. Josh Allen didn't even get a chance to get on that football field last night after the flip of the coin. 
No, and that's right. The game shouldn't be decided by the coin. The game should be decided by how it's played. And I guess you could argue that it was in a way, you know, their defense struggled there True. at the end. <clears throat> but the the coin toss should not be the deciding factor. And, you know, people say, well, they still have to score. Da, da, da. Well, but it's the, the coin. It all yeah. comes down to the coin. Not, and that's not, not a fair way to decide a football game. Not to make this a sports podcast, but the minute the Chiefs won that uh coin flip uh and patrick mahomes got the ball it was over it was over yeah. all right major jamie yeah, you just can't you're just not gonna hold up against that you're yeah. just not i mean he drove the whole field in 13 well we just went to a sp- espn yeah. sports cast sorry about that major maybe, we, jamie. Matt, maybe we should have a spinoff sports <laughs> a sports cast <laughs> no sports and faith <laughs> too many podcasts <laughs> all right major jamie uh give us what's giving you joy all right so what's giving me joy like we said earlier in the thing we just got back from a trip uh to south florida where we were supporting the general's visit um and so uh uh, we got to see so many people that we love uh, there in South Florida, and they brought me uh, this beautiful little jewel called Jupina. If you haven't had Jupina, you need to go. Well, you're gonna have to hunt hunt it down. It's a Caribbean soda, pineapple soda, uh, and so you can. I mean, obviously, you get it places where there are high concentrations of Caribbean population. I have never <laughs> seen it up here in the frozen north, uh, but I was able. They they supplied me with some. Jupina while I was down there and it was amazing. I was a good mother and brought some back and shared it with my kids, but I'm hoarding one last can <laughs> sitting in my fridge just waiting for the right time. Going back uh, to the inter- bringing me joy. Going back to the international conversation just to wrap this up. There the food from around the world is amazing. If you uh, like I'm saying if you're going to eat food, don't say, "Well, I'll have uh Mexican food or Chinese food." Those are all well and good. I love Mexican uh, food. Yes. I love Chinese. We love food. those foods. <laughs> but my goodness, there is Have you ever had Peruvian food or Haitian Cuban food or yes, Indian right. food? Shout out to Woo-hoo. my Haitian friends. Yeah. Never had food from Greenland, but you know. <laughs> I'm sure it's I'm amazing. Sure it's- yeah, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. So be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out the Peer website at peermag.org. And follow Peer on the socials at peer.magazine. Lastly, we have a sister podcast, which Major Jamie two times on us with. I say it every time. Major Jamie Elizabeth, do you guys know what's coming next for the Fight for Good podcast? So we just wrapped up last week's episode was about the Rose Bowl Parade, right? Uh, and the Army's partnership with them. So go check that out. It's a, a longstanding partnership. And there are a lot of uh, great things that have happened in the past, but great hopes for the future uh, of that partnership. Um, and so then coming up soon, we'll have our uh, millennial interview. Elizabeth, who did we interview this month? Her first name is Jesse. Her last name begins with an A, but I don't know it's how to pronounce Af- it. Afshin. I think it's Afshin. She's, yeah, pr- she's I might be pronouncing that wrong, but yeah. Yep. Jesse Afshin. Yep. So you can check that one out. That one will be coming out soon. Um, and then you can also, every time we do a, a podcast interview there, there's also a, a tie-in with the print magazine. So you can check it out in the, uh, the next edition of The War Cry. Until next time. This has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye. See ya.